Welcome to episode 155 of Tactical Crouch. It's December 23rd, 2020. Kick Tripod here with Yiska and Volamel. It's kind of weird doing these one-a-week shows. This feels like it's so long from when we get to talk. It feels like it's been weeks. Yeah, it feels like we've been forever it's since been weeks. Like, so It's we... only been seven days. Yeah. I don't know so used to the, the two-a-days and then... Yeah. It does feel like we've, we've missed one or something. It's just like, oh no. <laughs> What did we miss? It's weird having time on Mondays mm-hmm. to like do my job. <laughs> yes. It's also wait, the twenty first was okay. I'm going to fully budge. You ready? You ready for German pronunciation of the shortest day of the of the year? I'm I'm going oh, yeah. to fully yeah, yeah. try. I'm going to commit. Go okay, it. yeah. it's winter, and then mm-hmm. oh shit, oh, damn it, oh, I don't know if I can do solstice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Wow. That was yeah. the set. Why is it not salt ice or salt ice? Welcome to English. Solstice. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's just not. Stoliche. Solice. Solstice. Yeah. I don't know if how you guys operate, but like sundowns are so important to my day that. I'm really like, uh, like knowing that the days now get longer made me happy. Oh yeah, days get longer made you happy. I get that. I um, I use the, uh, I forget the name of the app anymore, but it's built in now. Where essentially throughout the day, my screen takes on the overall color tones and shades of what time of day it is, so that I can like stay in there or I can like elongate I don't have any sun in this room so I can like elongate my day by making it feel like sunset is at 730 if I want hmm. it works it works cool. uh, so Overwatch technology baby huh? <laughs> well, uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, How about big, it? big thank you to our patron producers, Refine Bean, Ferdino Pin, Battlecrab Wolshin, Rex Zane, Audio Compass, Kasha67, Sharp Picasso, Nathan Your Misery, Hunter Tain, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Owen Chris R, 3444444, Horbjorn, I listen to this podcast whilst on the toilet and in the shower thinking of Yiska, Peace Camper, Anxiety Pokemon, Sir Girthalot, Bronzebot, Boohow, Evan, and Alex S. Thanks so much uh, for supporting the show. If you like the show and you want to support, go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. I promise we're going to get to that game night. <laughs> it's It's been crazy. It's December. Yeah. Okay? It's December. Everything is crazy. We owe you a few. I'll, I'll straight up tell you, I'm gaming all night during this break. I already like reached out to my fellow uh, degenerate uh, Americans because I started playing WoW on uh, NA, right? Mm. Like, of course, like my parents are divorced on this podcast, so I kind of have to level another horde character in order to be able to play with both of you. But I'm also weirdly up to the task. I don't know, like it's good. I'm, I'm I'm starting to migrate. I definitely have time on my hands to you know branch over. So you know, there's CP Guild. Let's go. There's 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 a you know in the next few days. Hopefully, I can get my druid up, Joe. Hello. How far are you in into Raiden? <laughs> Not far enough, I'll tell you that. 
as it, far as I'd it, like f- to be. 410? 410? Uh, no, we're still, we, we actually progressed considerably okay. well for my boomer guild. We're, we're okay. six out of 10 now, which I'm very proud to say, but Seven out a lot of, of work still left to do. A lot, so, a lot of work left but, to do. <laughs> no, no, no. John, ask him the difficulty. Oh, it's normal, baby. Oh, we're doing normal. Are you kidding me? No, yeah. we suck. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, God. We suck. I you guys I know would like for that 9, to be 10 is clear, it right? should be. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, when most guilds right now aren't more than two or three into heroic. Right. Really? Wow. Yeah. No. Yes. Just because the top guilds are doing mythic progression because they're godlike in playing most people. So number one, like most people are finishing up clearing normal. Like that's kind of like 50th percentile for somebody who's rating is they're in the last third of normal somewhere. They maybe have one heroic boss down because, like, heroic Shriekwing is really Shriekwing's easy, and you do that yeah. for uh, your Great Vault. Tree loot. And then mm. from there, like, people are still progressing pretty hard uh, in normals and, like, very early heroics. Yeah, heroics tuned mm. actually really, really, really high. So before you um, get judgy here, yeah. sir... I'm just saying, like I'm my friend list is filled with people that are just done with mythics. Like I would I would much prefer to be progressing through heroic, but uh, you know, got some new people. Got some new right. new uh new wow people new. Are they people new Azeroth. people? Are they new to the no, earth? brand new? Oh well, are they some people I would I would wonder. I, I would I would be a little concerned that you know the, some of these people are driving, you know, cars to work every day, and then some people have taken to the game like very quickly and come on nobody none of the uh, of your guys are going to watch this podcast just just give us the tea dude just just drag him i mean it's it's it it is a little too tangential but uh, you know standing out of the fire it's all the the typical you know mmo like you know there's a big swirly on your feet and i decide not to move i want to finish casting that aim shot baby so I was casting. Actually, you don't want to like switch off to the mob nah, because you don't want to lose that we DPS. Don't but on top three, I can I can finish on top of the charts. Backpedaling, lots of backpedaling, lots of losing themselves hey, and nothing nothing with, lots of downtime. Nothing wrong with backpedaling. If it, as long as it gets you out of it fast enough, you backpedal away. So. Sure, go for it. You know, whatever, whatever. You know, as long as you're not wiping the raid, I don't really care exactly what you do, but could could be better optimized. Let's say. Dude, like we had, like in, in my vanilla guilds, like some 15 years ago, I remember just like fuming. Me sitting there with my Excel sheets trying to figure out if it's better with my gear to arcane explosion between two molten giants while popping uh, mana potions. And everyone else is just like keyboard turning and everything. And I'm like, what's going on? Right? Like, and I remember having that moment where it's like, wow, one of our guild uh, guys has a an official wow news and my guild actually had the first wow baby ever and it made sense these guys were boning during the encounter they must have they were playing shit enough for that to be like <laughs> <laughs> like yep. the, the thing and then uh, i will ne- never forget i already t- told joe like we had like 45 tries on the farian and for those that oh maybe yeah now yeah. get to uh and we had a uh we had a mage leader and this guy ran a magic shop so what he would do is he would raid with us and then 
when a customer came in, he would just drop everything, sell him a couple of magic packs, and would be back. Right. <laughs> and he was the mage class leader. And like suddenly, like random things would happen because mages would cheap random targets. And f I, I kid you not, 45 tries, like several weeks into like raid weeks into this encounter, he goes, guys, what's a class call? <laughs> it's just, it's just, come on, man. Like, why do I have to raid with 40 year olds? And then some, at some point it shattered my soul and I had to upgrade. But I remember crying because I had to leave my first uh, raiding guild behind because they were too bad. They, it was basically, they were shot in the jungle more than just in the leg. Probably got one in the head as well. I, I'm just like, I, I gotta leave you, man. I can't, I can't carry you out. I feel like this. So, John, you want work. the tea? You want, you want, you want a, a taste of of my 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 guild for a moment? There, you know the um, you know the Council of Blood fight quickly yeah. for you know. Where I got just, my legendary. Yeah. Very good, very good. You know you have to uh, do the little dance. Shimmy you know? left. Yep, you know that one. Sashay right. Yeah. One of our priests died six times, six different times because they did not understand exactly what to do during that fight. That's how, you know, that's that's the kind of caliber of uh, of player we're talking here. So, all right, we got him, guys. That's Link G him up. That's Link him up. Put it in the guild forums. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, that part, I actually, we play a game now where we, we take bets on what we think the next command is going to be and we keep uh, like a running okay. tally. It's like uh, 250 gold per, so we just kind of rotate, yeah. so the next person guesses, and the next person guesses, and the next person guesses, and it's like... I wish it could be that fun. Because it's just, it's just nothing. The healers are, healers are just hop, uh, topping people off, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think, we're, I think we consistently have at least one person dead by that point, and then that person, it took them six different times to, to not complain about RNG and how they're not a monk, and running across the room was too much to ask. So, uh, to be fair, unless you have warlock portals, getting to the very back of that room sucks. Sure. I trust that everybody... As a shadow priest. You can make it. I mean, I can, because as soon as... You also can spec utility. No. Grab your feather. Can't spec feather as shadow. You want to die? No, I mean, no, no, like, you, you physically cannot spec. I'm sure there's other, there's other mobility feather. tools that you no, can spec the for. the only thing that you can do is body and soul where you yes. get to use your... Uh, so your, then just time your power word shield to... Well, I mean, I, I range the boss yeah. as much as I can while still doing damage. Sure. And as soon as I usually cut out, like, a second early and start going back a little further. We have two warlock portals now, but... There you go. Been there. That works, too, though. To those that have never played WoW, right, and don't really get the appeal, like downing a boss with a guild, especially like I remember we had 110 tries on Thaddeus, like when initially Max Remus came out. And when we finally killed that boss, the closest metaphor is being alone, nobody's home, you have a PC, and it's the end of No Not November. <laughs> That's that that feeling of of killing the finally killing the boss is mm. such a release when everyone's screaming. It's one of the best experiences in gaming, to be honest. Like especially in the forty man raids. Yeah, when it when it when it's hard and like 
you're you're really putting in effort for it. I don't condone it's, this it's metaphor good. at all. It's good. <laughs> well, no, what I, was, sucks. I was not prepped on this metaphor. <laughs> what sucks is a forty, you know, forty attempts on a normal boss, and then it's really not like ecstasy. It's more of just like relief. It's like oh, phew. so I really it's, when ugh. the the last time I like. So like I I don't know I like I did competitive rating for the last half of Cataclysm and it was a ton of fun mm. and then Pandaria I got asked to come on to a team that was supposed to be a really competitive team as well the roster was like looked like it was going to be super competitive and it was Mogashan Vaults remember the first the dog boss mm -hmm. 133 wipes on normal dog boss ooh Hundred and thirty. Now, to be fair, it was overtuned. It got nerfed by over thirty percent. Yeah, that's still. But you can't be that competitive. Yeah, that's not. That's not very competitive. <laughs> One thirty on normal first boss. That's. Eh. Say levy, you know. Uh, Willow, Katie has uh, invincible, ashes of Alar, and one other super rare mount. And she got all of them within the first, like, 15 tries. <coughs> I still don't have Ashes. That's the only <laughs> mount I really want. I do have Mimiron's really? head, though, so. Yeah, I was about to say, you, got, you have Mim's head, so. It's pretty, yeah. pretty impressive. I, Katie and I don't talk about mounts. <laughs> <laughs> we, just don't, we just don't talk about it. She brings out mounts, I'm like, I'm going to the store! Will I ever come Incredible. back? I don't know. One time it might be one, uh, it might be one too many. I really hate though. I made I've made enough to be over the cap now to buy a Brutosaur. There you go. You Just, have to pull that from the the auction, the black to, market yeah, auction house. Black market auction house now. Yeah. Be fun. Be Anyways, fun okay, all right, chat. I get it, chat. I get it. Sh <laughs> shut up. We're not talking about Overwatch. I get it. Let's talk about Overwatch. Let's talk about the news. Um, did you guys see the new Torghast nerfs, by the way? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, jo I'm joking. All right. We've, we've uh, got a lot to talk about. And I think kind of the big one that happened this week is uh, NYXL has mm. officially kind of been... Uh, fleshed out and i think I, I don't know if this is final final or if they're adding any more but we've got a a, a lot more um information about who's going to be anchoring down the nyxl in 2021 um so we have uh guang boong from team cat as a kind of hit scan dps flora same thing Feather and Ivy in the flex support roles. Yakpung on main tank. Bianca on off tank still. Jonak staying at flex support. And then uh, Friday coming in at uh, main support. That's, that's NYXL 2.0. We've talked about NYXL a lot, but it's always been in a speculative, a speculative mm -hmm. voice, voice on... How are they going to keep these players and still build a, a winning roster? Or, you know, how much capital can they cash uh, to, you know, keep, you know, having such a successful franchise despite maybe not having the most wins or any titles or anything like that? 
So, I mean, there's a lot here to kind of unpack, but without much to say, um, if I'm going to be like completely honest, um, I think people are probably going to have really low stocks on Yakpung, but I think that's pretty unwarranted. Um, Ooh, boy, yeah. I, like, I understand where I think a lot of the criticism comes from just because Toronto of what 2019 was so underwhelming. That's not the same player, nor is this the same team. So I think a, a, a kind of a fresh take on him needs to kind of be applied. Um, I actually think he's probably going to do very well for himself. And if you change, if he was actually to change like the name and, you know, just remove the name plates and compare the two performances, I think you'll, by the end of this season, I think you'd be surprised that this is Yakpung. Um, Ivy joining the roster, I think, gives them a lot of firepower just inherently. And then added to that, you have a bunch of like rookie players that I'm not going to lie, I have no no bearing whatsoever at as of yet um as to how good they're going to be or, or what they're going to be able to do um so yeah. it's it, it seems to be well built there's there's depth there which i enjoy i'd like to see a little bit more in terms of support but you know if if corona and and covid is to be pinching as many pennies as it sounds like um i think this is a fine uh, venture into the the mid-season and then maybe reevaluating things as they come in. I think it's a great idea for them to kind of try new things, try adding rookies, you know, play the field. I think that's great. Yeah, I, I, I generally enjoy it. I Okay, so I wrote 10k words of power rankings this week, which mm. you're going to be annoyed with over this se- uh, th- season. I don't think it's a, a Christmas season, I would say. Um, I don't think it's a badly built uh, lineup. Yeah. There are com- some question marks for me here, especially mm. like, okay, so for those don't, who don't know, Feather was a pretty contested uh, player. Like, I, yeah. I think just personally, I know five, five uh, different teams have brought up that name as they, them being interested and wanting to pursue maybe. And, um, like NYXL in the end got the um the bid the, uh, <laughs> what dropped there is it a light this fucking thing won't stay on the fucking wall bro i've taped it i've <laughs> command stripped it i've duct taped it hot glue the only thing i haven't done is i have like heavy duty velcro strips but it's going to rip the paint right off the walls. Probably not a good <laughs> idea if you want that to pop. Nail it down or something. <laughs> I don't know. I've like cleaned the wall and there's no reason why it shouldn't stick. Mm. Now I just look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no right. one's going to uh, believe I have a pro setup now. Maybe you need an exorcist though. Maybe it's a ghost that's, that's ripping it off. Holy shit. Maybe son, that's why I chose son, son of a bitch, you might be right. Son of a bitch, I'm in. Piss off, ghost! <laughs> <laughs> now, with right. regards so, to DPS. Feather, yeah, it, this, isn't, this yeah. isn't a weird, like, rumor stirring of, like, oh, well, we tried him out, you know, he seemed okay, like, half, he's, like, half-baked, you know, talks, no, no, no. like, this seemed like, oh, This okay. is, we wanted this guy. 
as like our first or second priority on the flex DPS role. And I think inherently for Feather, and I don't want to, like, it sounded like teams that were, oh, can I just say this? So my current assumption is that the New York Excelsior will be playing uh, this, uh, the season in South Korea again yep. next year. And my understanding is that it could have been the selling point to some of those players to go to the NYXL because of that reason. Uh, and uh, um, I think Feather, like the name popped up a lot. It's interesting that you bring it onto a team that also has Ivy. Um, that seems like, did we ha really realistically have like any, any um, double projectile lineups in the past in terms of compositions no, or i mean it's been a stretch I, I did have to do some some digging recently for some content uh, that i participated in and it has been a long time since something even remotely like that has been played but i, I think that that does sell ivy a little short just because i think his tracer is very very strong like his flank hit scan is is definitely accessible um so I think it's a little bit more than that. Like maybe Feather leans more heavily, strictly projectile, where Ivy can kind of be a little bit more flexible. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. I don't fully understand it. What I will say is the general feedback, especially from the community, is that uh, okay. I'm going to watch the name. Sorry, I dumped German tongue. Can't pronounce Guangbong or Guangbong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is a nut. So, like, See, really the good team cat guy. Yes, yeah, yeah. I've heard, I've heard the team before. So knowing that they have some, some players from said team, right? Very interesting. Has me, so, has me, you know, piqued my interest. Let's say. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Team Cat was the academy team of Team CC, which is weird. Uh, that's a Kenobi question, and Kenobi is here, so because I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> it's an academy team of an academy team and Cat was only stopped by Team CC uh, in their run eventually otherwise Guangbong was just I, like I was under the assumption that Team Cat stopped themselves um, I thought they just kind of like disbanded oh no no like in, in the tournament in a specific tournament uh, oh yeah 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 in one of the yeah no Joe leagues. like Team CC didn't show up with guns and force them to disband. That's not, not what I said. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the DPS line is easily the strongest part of this roster. I think Jonek mm. probably still... Like, I remember this notion popping up that people said Jonek is like, doesn't have it anymore. And then I asked around just to see, like, a lot, like the vast majority of T people just still consider... Jonak to be a uh, top three flex support uh, throughout 2020. Still got it. It's just not as outstanding because also Violet, Twilight, and these guys yeah, exist. Everybody has stepped up. And yeah. you can't have it. It's not a True. meta game where you can like just feed him resources and let him just pump. Yes. Right? Like it's not the same game. Yeah. Um, that that kind of mildly tilts me. I think Fridays might be a problem. I don't know why this team cannot sign a like a really good main support. Maybe, maybe though they need they understand something about the role that is different. That's an interesting, by the way, philosophical debate that's currently going on in the Overwatch League. Where mm. I would say, 
Okay, how do I describe? Okay, let's call it the the FD God or Moth type of bag. Or FD God is maybe slime would be a better one. Um, Lee J Gone would. Okay, let's say the Lee J Gone and the Moth type of bag. Do you want on your main support to have a me mechanical nut that will just have like the ability to pop off builds like beats really quickly because aim has has the boot mechanics the movement mechanics or do you want someone that is more cerebrally inclined has the ability to command um like strategy or strategy like pace of your game do you want someone that is that picks up stuff quickly reads the game right. well has good awareness that type of stuff so moth against Lee Jagon if you want right even though it's like to sort of like you, you guys get that it's not like yeah, yeah. Moth has muscular dystrophy and like can't <laughs> aim or something. She's sure. still very good at that. And then Ligigon is also not a feeding completely silent. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, he actually is a feeding pipilia. But yeah, no, but um, so in that regard, um, I like a lot of teams have told me different things from what they want. Like mm. some teams still have this shot car, like the the idea that a higher share of shot calling co should come from the main support role. Right. And then other teams have emphasized that they don't have the idea of a shot caller anymore. So for instance, Mayhem told me what, how they are moving is the guy that has the ultimate and mm -hmm. has the viewpoint and the call. has a plan in their head should make the call. So everyone calls mm. depending on the situation. If you have a beat and you you know that you need to get negate something, you call that. And if you have a blade and you see an angle and you see an, uh, an opportunity, you call the nano, for instance, on you or whatever it is, right? right yeah. So it's much more fluid than having a shot caller. And I think depending on that, you adjust your demands on what you have oh, for sure. uh, need to have for your main support. But I will say, from a profile point of view, like this guy comes from the worst team in Korean contenders, right? And mm. that doesn't necessarily have to say anything bad. So did Flatter. It's true. But he also isn't the guy that sort of stood out. Now, I haven't asked around what, um, what, the, what the scrim said. Like, yeah, I asked briefly two people if they had any opinion. They didn't even uh, invite him. Or like got an application or whatever, so he wasn't in their trials. So it's hard. Um, I, I'll I'll have to ask a little bit more. Yeah, I'm not super high there. And then I think the tenth line is fine, dude. Like this team would be, it, it feels like it would be a good team generally. It's just very small, and the field in Asia is nuts. If they end up, I mean, the there. field overall is insane. Like even yeah. like yeah, if you want to make it domestic, like. I, I think this team. I don't know. I'm not again. I'm not super familiar. I, I really would like to see them in action, um, but I, this might be a, a vacuum good team. But then when you compare them to some of the larger rosters, could uh, could not be up to NYXL's standards in a way. Let's say. Um, to your point with the kind of debate between, you know, mechanical or uh, cerebral when it comes to main support, it seems like NYXL has leaned very historically to one side and it feels very much um, that they go after intangibles after speaking to um, 
a member of their coaching staff, it sounded like Anima was definitely a big part in their leadership. So is that where Friday kind of steps in, especially with the, the context that you're providing? Seems almost kind of likely at this point. Um, and as much as the roster changes, does the system change, I wonder? And I think that this is very much not a system team in terms of how they go about doing things. Well, sort of how they go about doing things. Um, but, but I think that they, in general, need a big, big retooling. And that's what we see so far, right? With a lot of rookie players coming in, a lot of new faces, a lot of big, you know, big name changes. But does the strategy change? Does the, does the overall mechanic of the team, the idea of the team, the system, does that change with this? Um, and, and I think that's the, the one feature that I hope does change about the NYXL. They, they really can't rest on their laurels much anymore. As much as I kind of hope they do, and I hope they go back to being the ultra-passive, you know, very stylistic team in terms of their strategies, but if they want to compete, maybe not the best idea. So this is the question, right? This is the big question that everybody is asking about NYXL is, is this the squad that can pick up the torch or the mantle or whatever from NYXL season one, two, and three? Um, arguably one of the most consistently well-performing team, especially if you don't consider uh, playoffs and and those types of performances, is this the team to pick up that mantle? Continue, or are we taking a step back here? And is um, NYXL going to kind of step back from being almost that kind of pristine organization mm. that everybody kind of looked up to, wanted their branding, wanted their players, wanted that marketability, wanted those results? Um, is is that team in here or no. I, I don't think so. I, I really have a hard time believing that this is the same slow paced, pristine defensive team. And I think that's fine. Um, I, I, I don't think that this is going to net NYXL fans the same level of, you know, success as they have in the past. But I think for the, for the future of the org, for the future of the game, um, at least when it pertains to New York, it's probably for the best. I think they need, or they they've had, they have needed to kind of really flip the table, change things up for this team because it they can't not but return to these bad habits of being passive isn't the word, but being slow slow to make changes slow to move to engage it, it just kind of plagues them and then when they try it looks just overly messy and i think that probably dissuades them from doing so and then they go back and lean harder into you know their bad habits or you know what we perceive them to be bad habits um yeah i, I think this is going to be a quicker team or at least it's what I, it seems like they want it to be they want that you know young blood to come in here Ivy historically has been, at times at least, overly aggressive. Very much the the spearhead of Toronto back in the day. Can be very, very you know, had an impressive performance on Philly, but you know, definitely points them in a direction that I think that will be very successful for them. So 
yeah, I don't think this is the NYXL of old. I think this is the mantle is, you know, buried for now. As much as I kind of wish it wasn't, um, I, I think they're they're moving. They, they've taken the other other side of the fork in the road, and I think they're trying to uh, catch up with the pack. And to be fair, building a roster that's just a, an elaboration or even an improvement on NYXL season one through three is not just like some names you punch in a spreadsheet and then you know. Uh, set up some zoom calls like that's <laughs> that's not how it works um so i I, th- I think people kind of really easily kind of want to talk about um like if you want if you want a better team sign better players let's just be really clear that that's just not like how things there, work. that's just not how no it works. definitely not at the at the most I mean, how to, how to put this? I think it, there is some correlation there where it's just season like, one and season two. Sure. Uh, sure. Where there was so much talent that was unsigned and so much talent that was um, not even being scouted. Mm, yeah. Or honestly, underage too. Hundred um, percent. I, I don't. I don't think that's that dissimilar here. I think there is still a lot of talent left on the table uh, for whatever reason. Can't necessarily speculate as to why. I think there is some correlation to like good players equal at least like a decent result. But when it comes to like peak performance, I think there has to be more to it. To your point, like there is more than just like throwing together a super team a la London season one and just hoping it works. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially like look in the look in the main. uh, Yeah. The main tank role. Mm -hmm. Who's really there? At this point, not too many, but I think that's more of a, a question as to like the the shallowness of that role, just in general. And it, sure, it feels yeah. like it's always been that way. Yeah, it's been best, and then I think. I mean, I think off tank isn't that much better. Howdy. I mean, off tank still has Gabushi, um, Janu, Mecco unsigned, right? At least off the top of my. Yeah. I mean, I don't think yeah. that they'll. <laughs> bring mecco back maybe they will but well maybe not for new york but just in general yeah i mean but you know just yeah. you just kind of look at these just, and again these are pause chat uh, what world is this player higher than this player these are like aggregate rankings from the discord pay less attention to the order of them pay more attention mm-hmm. to the names on the list you know there's but my largely my point is is there's nobody here that I can see for either mm. the tank roles, uh, the main support role, um, specifically, that all of a sudden turn around and make this team a like a, a brilliant successor to um you know NYXL season one through three without incurring a lot of risk. Yeah. Um and I guess that's my point. It's not like I mean, I think it's really easy to be like, okay, we'll uh, unsign one of each DPS, bring on Dia and Rascal, and then uh, we'll do Yakpung. There's not really anybody else, but then we'll bring on Mecco and Jano. Why not? Jonak is fine, and then we'll bring on three main supports and let them duke it out. Like, that's just not realistic. I, I agree. I think the the one thing that could be the argument is why were they not able to compete on these other free agents that were uh, 
you know, against other uh, yeah, because they are like they have a lot of a lot going for them, right? Like mm -hmm. they are a consistently good organization. Why wouldn't you want to play there, right? Why didn't players want to play there, or why didn't NYXL want to invest the money to get the really good players that were on this list just two, you know, two three months ago? That and why is like maybe it will develop, but depth is also still uh, an issue. I, I suppose like most North American organizations are sort of under this. Yeah, spell of restrictions. Not everyone. Shock has a pretty big. I think they have sure. eleven people. But some, the most North American organizations, and that's it's a big handicap. Also going for the fusion, like they're currently seven going into Asia. I think, like for fusion, I think there's a possibility where they hit Korea, they scrim there, the meta changes once or twice, and they see further adjustments that might be needed. And then they make set adjustments. And I, then they make those adjustments. But I think it's a, going to be a large disadvantage going into the season. Um, if you're, if you're st still playing hero pools and you only have a seven-man roster. For sure. And um, like, I feel like a lot of people in the Overwatch League realize this as well. It's just like... It, it, it's they're, the they're competitive tied, side against... Yes, against yeah. the, the economic side, right? And um, them competing in Asia hurts them in that regard like spark hmm. is large chengdu is large uh, some of okay. all of those have uh yeah. have academy teams as well that they can source mm. from yep. scrim whatnot um and like it's really only from right the fusion and then if they anyway so would go over only them that have the, these small rosters and it that's that's going to be a competitive disadvantage. I think like a lot of people think that if your specialist under the hero didn't play that season, that he was useless. When you have to think about it as a thing of probability. In many other like worlds, the, that player that didn't play had a meta switch up on them in other probability scenarios where they then became the star player or whatever or saved that particular thing right like like you didn't necessarily say to your off tank player oh yeah you kind of gotta have a roadhog player but if you did that's kind of a big thing and if you had a roadhog specialist theoret theoretically you might have been able to flex around a little bit double off tank was not something that you anticipated but if you had two off tanks that was a boon for you right so um yeah, that's that's also like it's just going to be really rough competing against these large rosters with way more resources uh, at their disposal um, uh, coming into hero pools. Like it's it's just going to be rough. Yep. And I mean, like to support your 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 kind of statement, like look at look at a lot of the the great champions in Overwatch history and and think about how they kind of landed at that position. Um, I. As we progress further, I think it's going to only become more and more prestigious when teams actually do repeat. Um, so the Lunatic Highs, the San Francisco Shocks, even just like not even defending a title, but winning multiple, I think is like very impressive. So the NYXL of maybe season one and their multiple stage finishes um, are, are incredibly impressive. Um, but they always seem to have exactly what they need when they need it. And that only is more consistent. That only adds more consistency with depth, right? Um, when you look at a spark, you can see where 
and how things might necessarily play out having shy for certain metas having gods be for certain other metas having someone to be able to kind of flex where you need him to right um that obviously is something you wish you could have everywhere but like Yiska's saying it's you know their hands are tied the 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 core foundation the principle of the overwatch league has been completely undermined with you know the advent of of, of the global pandemic we're all kind of suffering through so it's you know if you're an investor if you're a team owner if a ceo whatever you know financier um what do you you know how much confidence do you have in this mm-hmm. don't we don't know yet we really have no information obviously i'm sure they do but you know from the outside looking in it it doesn't seem like such a great uh, gambit right now let's say mm-hmm. yeah so stuff the jester's yeah. gambit a little bit botez even let's say shout outs <laughs> to the real ones yeah all uh, right with envy yeah, all uh right. so that i think that's enough on nwag so we have a lot more we need to talk about and there's one team mm. that we've kind of we've just kind of skirted around because it always felt like they kind of made right one announcement here one announcement there and then all of a sudden you look and the team's totally different i'm going out of order on the notes on this one guys uh soul dynasty mm-hmm. oh so yeah. Soul Dynasty have changed a lot. And since we're coming from NYXL, I think that mm. this makes a ton of sense. Uh, and that is we have uh, added Sabiobi and Animo to that team. Right. I kind of like it. I'm, really? I'm, I'm okay. growing on it. We're yeah. fighting. We're fighting. Yeah. Let's go. F- off I'm, tanks, bro. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of liking it. There's there's a weird world, right? Maybe, maybe maybe I'm overly romanticizing this, right? First, not only does this set up the league for a fantastic narrative of okay. oh, NYXL didn't want Sabiolbi after giving him an entire merch line, they threw him to the wayside. But now he returns on the Soul Dynasty, and there's already a rivalry to brew, right? And to make content about. So big ups there. That's that's fantastic. Just from a you know. A selfish perspective, right? But on top of that, if you can actually slot in whatever intangibles that Sabiobi brings as a leader, as a captain, shot caller, let's say, and if if I'm to believe the the Soul Dynasty coaching staff, which I kind of have to, right? Um, that that Animo does participate in that leadership structure while not being, and again. I'm very staunchly against his mechanics. I have, I've never been a big animal fan, but at least there's something intangible there that, you know, you can kind of latch onto. If you can plug that into boosting in a weird multiplicator style of way to onto to a duo like a gesture and a profit and and fits and these kinds of all-star players, I there there might be something here. There might be something to this that could be very soul esque, very London esque, where it probably isn't gonna click soon, but when it does, they might actually just win a title. Ooh, I, 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 well, I, I, there's something about this team listen, that if it if it works, oh, it's gonna be scary. It's because of rosters like this that we don't let Yiska show his webcam from the waist down. And I'm really surprised that uh, Yiska is not just really 
happy about seeing all these old guard founders of competitive Overwatch on the same team. Um, Look, dude. Oh, like, I feel like, okay. Okay. Let me preface this at the right mm -hmm. way. Great. Please take I 12 minutes and preface like the most yes. simple thing. I I'm going to say leadership is important, right? It is. It's an important feature. And it can definitely uh, solve some issues. And it might here. Mm -hmm. It's just so weird to me that we're talking about Sebiobi like he's some globuli that's going to cure everything. Like, I didn't want to have I wasn't naming names. Like, you know, I didn't want to throw names around. Joe, Joe, remind me. Why, why do we think that uh, Sebiobi is a great leader? Uh, that moment? What's the moment? You know, the, the flower moment, I think. The flower moment? To. Yes, yep, yes. Yep. What yep. happened in the flower moment? Did they win that? No, they, they didn't. They lost. Like, it's, it's a good moment. I'm not shitting on that, but come on, man. Like, it's not going to, like, turn them around in any meaningful way, most likely, right? Agreed, right? 100%. It's not going to turn them around, I, th I hope. And this is, again, it's, it's not something reasonable. I've, you know, look at the past shows, look at the regular season on this, this very podcast and look at my comments about the New York Excelsior. I have not wanted Sabiobi to start for, mm, let's say, 13 months now going on yes. 14. He should not be starting. He should not probably start for this team. He probably should be a player coach at this point. But if he he's can be slotted in. Sure, if you want it. I mean, you said he's it. Not me. You said it, not me. Just saying. <laughs> the, so, <laughs> OK, what? What is he known for? Leadership and and intangible and which hero? jean jackets. Uh, if it was a hero, he would he would be known for jean jackets. It's true. Um, probably tracer, right? Oh, how how weird that the only other top tier tracer in Asia over the entire twenty twenty season yeah. is on uh -huh. his team, and it's, this guy is way better too. It's true, you know. You, I can't. Can't argue there. Okay, okay. You know, I mean, you must have some backup, backup DPS. So, what else can you play? What, do you, what, what is he using? Otherwise, McCree. Oh my God, Fitz! Like he can't play both. Did you watch? He can't play both yes, at the same the time. Point. This man is going to stand next to the like to the stage like a social worker, just going, "It's all fine, guys. We don't need to flame each other." And he's going to be paid pay to play a salary for that? Like, I don't know. Okay, here's, here's where I might be wrong. is going to be the whole meta 2021, yeah. and you're going to look like an absolute <laughs> buffoon. Yes, then it's profit and fits. Oh, yeah. I Mechanic, about uh, again, it, <laughs> if, if we were just to measure the best players on the roll, then yeah, I'd agree. But if I'm to believe the narrative, if I'm here's to the, believe... Profit has an elbow the, thing, doesn't he? Like a wrist? No, thing? that's bird ring. Bird ring in the wrists, you know? Oh, man, they're all the same. Yeah, close, close. The hell come it, the um, same, like the same team. Mm, I mean, not too far off, I suppose. At one point, they did. <laughs> um, I, I struggle with the, the, the players that, you know, you look at with the eye test and you're just like, ah, they're not up to snuff. But they always seem sure. to, you know, maintain the roster, right? Sure. I, I no, do no, put a little that exists and it, it could be it could be the case. I'm I'm like slightly playing this up here, right? No, but, of course. No, no, no. I I, I, I I get that. And, and I, I also, also understand believe... where they're coming from, where maybe they put him on something new. I'm not saying he's gonna, you know, roll swap. I'm not saying he's gonna do something absurd, but 
if if he's to practice a sombra if he's to you know have a role within the team to kind of do you know facilitate starting time to to actually see stage time i think it probably is on something a little bit more niche something a little bit more pointed so you don't have profit doing everything he can to carry this team you don't need i think you want this team to have a little bit more rigidity i don't think you want more flu you know this dynamic you know let profit do whatever he needs to let fits kind of like float around now you have Sabiobi. Now you have a little bit more leadership, at least in the server. And I think that could be enough. I, I, what I will say, I, I could even see uh, Sabiobi significantly improving and like, by getting out of that NYXL system because like, sometimes you just aren't the player for that team anymore. Mm -hmm. I will also say that he is still a very good tracer, arguably the second best last year in, uh, in APAC. <laughs> Do you, no, I mean, no, do you know okay. what's most important, though, about Sabiobi? Do you know what he does? Brings the Marry fans. one woman. Has a dog. Sells the merch. Brings That's, the fans. Yes, I understand. I'm not a, I'm not a hater for that the move. Sabiobi should be in Overwatch League 2021. I, it's not, that's not my problem. I'm, in my mind, it's like, why Soul? It's like... Well, you want to put him on Boston? No, but like... Does he want to go to... And here's the thing. Outlaws. If you're Sabiobi, it's not just about I mean, who, yeah. who's going to sign him. It's also mm. about where he wants to go. Like, how much longer does sure. he have left as, as a real player, right? So you, you come out and you've got this Tom Brady moment, right? And, and maybe this is a, a kind of a shitty example. Let, let's use a Brett Favre moment. This is American football. Yiska won't get it at all, so then he can't use some, like, stupid tangential story to disprove it. It's perfect. So Brett Favre already Hall of Famer. He's kind of done. He retires or whatever. He's like, ah, but maybe I play for the right team for the right contract. You know what? I would play a comeback. He gets to come to the Minnesota Vikings, do that thing. You know, there we see this all the time in sports where uh people who are ready to retire will keep playing to play in a, the the team that they finally wanted to the play. The right on. team. Right. And that just might be the Sabiobi moment as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like I'm. I'm not. Like I, I'm not criticizing. Kenobi, you're banned for ten minutes for bringing that up. By the way. <laughs> we'll see you. We'll see you in ten minutes. <laughs> Get the f out of here. <laughs> so I'm not a. I'm not a hater of uh, Sabiobi. That's not what. What I'm trying. That, like, mm. and it might very well be. We we don't have any insights into Seoul, how they work as a team, and maybe they that's exactly what they need. Or that's another tool that they will use in order to fix the issues they might have had. I just wonder if other rosters could have made more use of him. Because especially in APAC. Okay, there's a couple of really good rookies coming up, to be fair, but yeah, like it's it's weird that they landed there. I think for Sebiobi himself, he probably wants to play in Seoul. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think um, I think that's probably most of it is that he's not ready to kind of hang it up just yet. Thinks he can, you know, bring something to Seoul and, and wants to kind of chase a title before, you know, his inevitable, you know, retirement. Um, you know, everybody has a shelf life to him and more yeah. ways than one. And, you know, I, I think he at the door is always I think all the doors only continue to open. Once he does, you know, decide to kind of step away and move into other positions, whether that be coaching or, or management, I think he'd be a fantastic manager. Speaking of managers, 
runners out here doing the dang thing out in gauntlet still being as goofy as ever um it, i don't know how he does it i don't know how he continues to do it but one of the most fantastic um managers i i, I it's tough to say coach I really don't know how much he coaches those teams just because of how goofy it is. And that's not to discredit significant his or anything significant. Yeah. Okay. There you mm-hmm. go. Like a fantastic manager, coach, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know how he's still not on a team. Somebody needs to throw him a bag, him and his but, wife. No, and his very family. easily because he is building the team and like the only bags he wants are big bags of investors so his team can be bigger right like i don't know i, think I, don't, were, I don't know why that isn't like if you can't get in the overwatch league and you're kind of like interested in overwatch i don't know why you're not looking at at least supporting a team like runaway sure but uh, like i i don't know what anyone would offer someone like uh runner in this current situation that they're in that could be remotely attractive to him unless you're literally like throw a million at him a year in order to run your organization. Sure, yeah, and even course. that would probably still not be as attractive as what they are building with Runaway, branching out into other uh, esports and uh, right. everything like that. So, um, yeah, I think that was possible. I think the fact that he had military series still to go through was probably an obstacle. Of course, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I, I think they were always thinking bigger. Like, it's it, 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 I don't it know. Was, like it feels it was like, tough to imagine that you know during the grandma sweater you know original runaway. But at this point, yeah, it's it's undeniable that I think that they probably could and should, um, you know, adventure out and and probably do extremely well. So it's not necessarily just with an Overwatch um, or bringing him to the Overwatch League so much as it is going to support somebody who is successful in what they do and and building something very very special. I. I I'd just support a team or uh, an endemic esports or going over and being like, yeah, we're going to partner with this guy because he seems to know something we don't. He he gets it. So we're going to give him a bag and let him do what he wants with it. I don't know. I don't know exactly what kind of business that is. I don't know what kind of you know return on investment you're going to get there. But um, if there's anybody that deserves, um, you know, a, a kudos in that, that in that department, I think runner runner certainly does. I think the reason to sort of ent- um, explain why it probably might not be that interesting for a runner is think back, let's say four or five years. Had you asked like Ocelot to be a general manager for your brands, do you think he would have taken it? Very likely not. Probably and not, I think yeah. he has the same entrepreneurial minds, mm. extremely smart in everything. It's also something to be said about his family, of course. He has a family business with an also incredibly capable wife that uh, they can just build this esports giant if they want. And it wouldn't surprise me that if a couple of things went right for them in terms of the competitive success of their other franchises, in, in, uh, or not franchises, but other games, that this could blow up into a multi-gaming org that will see the, the type of yeah. success that, for instance, a G2 sees right now. So the, he has the personality. Yeah, like Even the streaming would probably be more lucrative for him. Like There's just too many draws for a guy like this. I think that that ship sailed probably after season one. Like When you don't get him in there, it was right. probably over. Agreed. Makes sense. I, I hope he gets the, the, the dues there. And you know, to say Bielby's point, to kind of bring it back for a moment, um, 
this is a player who I, I don't see in the same exact light, but in terms of the leadership, I, I think um, the, the, the forwardness of, of how he is, what players have said about him, how much respect he garners and, and you know, seems to get. I, I only trust that he could easily step into a very similar role I, as a runner. I think he could probably take a team from, you know, maybe not the depths of contenders, but, you know, really add something to the coaching staff of a team as a former player. I think that that is something that an esport as it's not new by any means, but I think Overwatch will consistently always be very young. And to to buy somebody into a coaching regime or or structure, I think having a former player in that way that people can know and people can respect uh, a legend of the game, I think does does wonders for them. So yeah, to your to your former you know your point, bring him to like a maybe a, an APAC team who a charge or a spark who's you know rebuilding and has him as an assistant coach before promoting him in, in future years. I think would be fantastic. Bringing him to like a fully Korean uh you know outlaws let's say for example if that was to be a thing or you know a florida mayhem in the future i i I think there's always doors opening if he decides to step away and uh pursue that so yeah i i i I am weirdly bullish about soul it's not something that i would ever think i would be but i am in a way i am all right we're going to talk about one last team this week before we get out of here. And that is going to be none other than the Paris Eternal. Lots of uh, new signings. Well, not n- new signings, but lots of signings. We just really haven't talked about Paris outside of right. what they did last year on the show since. So uh, let's break it down. On the DPS, you got Suna, Oniga, Naga. Uh, at tank, you've got Don and Elivote. On support, you've got Khan and Neptuno. That's where we're at currently. So we are at the roster minimum of seven. Uh, get, ama- like get, am- get amazed. Uh, new head coach, by the way. And it sounds like there's one more player signing coming. I, I don't hate this team. I really have a hard time judging where they're going to finish or perform, but it looks good on paper. At least I, 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 I feel like in, in both in the same breath, I have to temper expectations and also like boost expectations because I think people look at this and go, Oh, these aren't names I'm necessarily familiar with. Cause I only pay attention to the overwatch league and these players haven't either started or performed well in the last, you know, six months. So I think they're bad. And then you have like the contenders heads who are just like, oh my God, this team's going to overperform so heavily. It's just like, whoa, 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 okay, let's slow down a little bit. Like the, the season, this season in particular is going to be incredibly stacked. So let's, you know, calm down a little bit. I think this team, uh, it's so hard. I, I really don't know how to sit on this team. Like it, it feels good. Like they, they, they look good on paper, but I don't know exactly. Really? Yeah, I do like this team. Huh. I think Naga has a lot of promise. I I really liked Onigod's performance last season. I think Ellie votes very strong. I think Neptuno has much to prove soon as well. Um, I'm not as familiar as some of the with the rookies as much, but I, I've heard them 
I've heard so, good things so about the them. Team. I'm just kidding. Two two players. Um, yeah, I I've heard good things about Get Amazed as well. I you know I, I've I've gained a lot of respect and you know kind of admiration for Avala kind of making a scramble and doing as well as she has. You know, I consistent kudos to her doing extremely uh, hard work with this with this kind of rebuild. So big shout outs to her. I, I I find myself kind of cheering quietly for Paris. I don't know exactly how well they'll do, but I hope they do well. I am cheering for this team. I don't think, as it stands it currently, I am I am very confident in this team. This is a team. You are very confident, or you're not. I'm not. Ah. This yeah. is a team that I think uh, would be overperforming if they qualify for playoffs. Yeah, this like a direct a team, qualification. A, uh, I would say, or just even, play ins, even play ins. Yeah, I think that I would, would say be the that goal be a successful for this season. team. The goal yeah. for this team is to not finish bottom five. Like, uh, Joe, like, yeah, come on, me. bro. Sorry, dude. Like, this is one of the three worst teams in the Overwatch League next year. Hundred <sighs> percent. Do the do the rankings. Like I I, ha- I have to, but I need a little bit more stability in terms of, and we're getting there. I need to actually start looking and start to early measure these teams. And this, it, it very well could be towards the bottom. Um, I, I'm going to have to have a heartfelt discussion with myself on exactly where to put the Paris Eternal because. I mean, it, I'm going, I'm going to catch hands for some of my opinions that I put into my power rankings. Like my power rankings are like snapshot right now. How would they play? Right? Sure. Of course. Yeah. But I like who the bottom three teams are. I felt pretty confident on. Mm. And, and you think this is one of them? Yes. Okay. Are yeah. they better that clearly better than London? Uh, it's tough to say. London doesn't have much right now. Okay, if you don't know, you don't know. Um, are they clearly better than Atlanta? No. Are they better than Valiant? Uh, I don't even remember who's on Valiant these days. Oh, probably not. With- probably not. Are they better than Outlaws? That one seems like a toss-up to me. I really, really, I God really damn. do not know on that team. That that could be poor, or it could be very, very strong. I think the coaching staff on the Outlaws has me much more excited. So I'll say the Outlaws are better by a small margin, at least off the top of my head. Interesting. I, I think they are clearly worse. And the only the Outlaws team that is the Outlaws clearly, are clearly worse, or no Paris. Okay. And the only team that is. Very clearly worse than the Eternal are the Vancouver Titans. Vancouver Titans, yeah. I think that's not a hard argument to make. Um, yeah, I think they might be in their own tier. Um, but other than that, dude, like the the field just got so stacked. You will, you will hurt. We will. Yeah, we will I'm sit already here at hurting. a reason, more reasonable time frame sometime in April. Going to figure out like where we want to put these teams in the power rankings. It is. And it's going to hurt, dude. Like, this is not a team that, like, it is possible. Maybe I think we'll they, just out and not do it this year. No power rankings. <laughs> I think they have, like, a range where they could get, in, by the way, 
Oh, you guys are not going to like where I put Boston, guys. You're not going to like it. Um, notice how yeah. I didn't mention them in the listings if, of the teams. Anyway, yeah. um, so like I think that there is only so much you can do with what, what you're given there. I think like if I saw an interview with uh, Vala saying like she also uh, reinforced the idea of going for a f full European um, team. I think that's a bad choice if you can avoid doing doing that. No, now bad choice competitively. Sure, I think okay. I think like maybe maybe it's a good choice in terms of like this is your budget. And you don't want to spend it on visa lawyers or whatever, then it, mm -hmm. like maybe you cannot uh, do more and whatever, right? But this is already scraping the bottom of the table. Also, as a conception for the Overwatch League, if this team does well, it would be terrible for for so many professionals involved because it once again would be like this. Um, yeah, but why are we paying so much? Like, why are we not? You know, like giving everyone men and then like just seven guys and yeah have them play from a shed and like <laughs> you know that not not saying that's true the last part right but yeah, yeah, yeah. um like that proof of concept needs to die and it needs to die really really hard in order for people to get like money they can take home after their career do you think okay weirdly meta question do you think that does though ever with how no. with how particular of a question Overwatch always seems to ask in terms of like what you need to win like a like a, a small monthly tournament let's say because it feels like that's what you know some of these investors are looking at like oh why is this team performing so well in this you know monthly tournament instead of over the course of a season right so if if that's the case and and Overwatch continues to ask very particular questions and maybe that question is best answered by a team that just happens to have, you know, the right set of tools, but have bought them at a very, very low price at your bargain bin, you know, bookstore. Does that go away? Does that notion of, you know, the, the minimum player salary narrative go away if you can gamble consistently and have such a wide, like if you were to have a wide roster of 12 players all on minimum, and just continuously gamble well, does that stop ever with this game if we continue to have these massive changes? I, I, I struggle to, to think it no. does, right? The thing is, it doesn't work that often. I suppose it worked with Valiant. Um, I think it might, like you can, can say that maybe the Titans rebuild was not, was pretty okay as well. And, um, but most generous. of the time, yeah, but most of the time it's it is pretty rough for these teams. Oh, for sure. Uh, I think um, it requires a very specific set of people to be able to do it well. But I, I I really struggle with seeing that narrative in particular go away. I don't know if Paris will be the vehicle of that narrative. I think it's either between London or Paris. And as much as you know, I I like some of the players on Paris. I I do kind of lean slightly one way, and it's not Paris's direction. Here's, here's the one thing, like, I did an interview with Pre, and mm -hmm. one thing that stood out to me is that 
after a certain point, money is not that important to players anymore. Yeah, of course. So in, in season two, it was all about money, right? Like everyone wanted the highest salary and that's what they wanted to get out of it. Mm. But there are things about your contract that can make life so like the quality of life you have in a respective uh, team so much worse that it's not worth it. And pl players have slowly realized this. Like the, the, the examples he brings up is they want to play with good teammates, want to win, want to uh, have great living conditions, want to have like um, none of the you know, organizational uh, hiccups that might happen. They want to be like Korean players, for instance, sometimes want to be able to travel home without if, mm. uh, difficulty. Um, they, they want to be in an environment where they are trusted and respected. Uh, as sure. well. They want to have yeah, yeah. smooth relationships and that type of stuff. And it is not only about money, but making sure that this works also then requires money on the side mm -hmm. of the org. Maybe not necessarily in terms of salary, but like it costs money to have uh, great sure. practice facilities and whatnot. Right? So mm -hmm. like, I think um, I think it's it is a rough state of affairs if constant um, mining, mining of um, salaries and roster sizes is successful. And I think that even teams that have lifted this, for instance, like Boston, seem to be sort of getting away from that. Like, I, I don't want to overinterpret anything in that regard from um, from um, how the Boston uprising are moving. But if certain things are happening that are rumored to happen at the moment, namely the uh, WGS players, mm -hmm. then this is a roster that has once again attracted like top tier rookies, has, um, has done so in a way where they have maintained their academy roster. They will then also, if um, assuming nobody is fired, will have one of the bigger rosters yeah. in, in the Overwatch League. So they bought the dip. Boston is now out of whatever you think the min-min is. Because, like, I don't think Boston even really mint like they, like some of the teams are minning this, this year, right? right. So, yeah. um, I think like they have like if if that is at all true, and I'm not saying I, I'm not giving you additional weighting on how if that is true or whatever. I'm just saying if then they are one of the teams that are currently buying the dip um, of of the current off season, and they should reap the benefits of it. And yeah. um, I, I think that it's an interesting angle. I do think that at 50k salary. It's probably not something people could feel super comfortable on, no matter what the situation is uh, mm. that you're living under in uh, um, when you're playing there, because you they, the the those are resources that won't help you much once you're out of the Overwatch League. Hundred K might, hundred fifty K might very well as well. That's like hundred fifty K means you probably can get through like a degree based on your savings, for instance, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, unless you live in Northern California, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes when it comes to some of those contractual things that maybe have been swaying players one way or the other, um, has the 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 notion of security come up at all? Um, security in what sense? Oh, health. 
You mean? Could be health, could be contractual guarantees. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a right. That's exactly the follow-up question that I asked. And that depends on the player. Is the feedback. of course one hundred percent. But is that some, like more increased some players, though? Um, I, I think for for some, I, I I don't think that that was particularly answered by a pre in the interview. Uh, he does give an elaborate answer, and he says that some some players are just like, "I'm hot shit, dude. Like you're not gonna fire me, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like fair enough, fair enough. So so my, some of them might not uh, value the the security there. But yeah, I think security and like being able to negotiate these thirty day um mm. like windows out of your contract is probably going to be a development going forward in the uh Overwatch League that people want this out of their contract. Yep. I agree. Hmm. Oh all right. Here's the thing, we gotta get out of here. It's time. This is fun. We should do this more often, like every Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do this every Wednesday. Make a thing. Every Wednesday. Uh, we were going to try to do an impromptu game night, but uh, Yiska didn't want to. Um, yeah, so. I have friends. <laughs> that, that aren't us, apparently. Uh, yeah, true. No, like, we have, uh, we have like a watching a show together on Netflix type of date. Oh, so, so illegal. Got it. Um, what? Wait, no, not illegal. It's Netflix party. You sync the different Netflix account. One person can press play and then it plays. Wow. I'm using I didn't know that, physical Netflix? Physical Netflix on like multiple accounts, yeah. Paid accounts. Not illegal. Not streaming you it over Discord. You all hit play though. at the same time? No, it's, there's a tool that syncs up, like makes one the lobby leader. You tool? log in. Uh, it's called Netflix, Netflix. Or a third called... party Chrome browser extension. Please tell me. Say it's it out loud for everybody. It's to... a Chrome browser extension. Okay. I don't think it's there illegal. It is. All right. So, um, can't be right. Uh, $5 plus Patreons will help uh, go to bailing Yisk out of jail. It's only it's illegal. Netflix here, right? party, it's only dude. a felony here. Like, it was called Teleparty. I'm pretty sure Netflix bought it or something. And they, like, nobody is as audacious to call it next Netflix party with the name rights, right? That's impossible. Maybe not. I don't know. And we're also taking applications for a new third host while he spends his time, <laughs> uh, you know, paying off his debt to society. So, a mm. uh, big thanks so to everybody who hung out today, and a big thank you to all the new subs and resubs, including Boohow, Dolky, Kenobi Cast, Cyclus, Coppers, Quiznos Bear, a special brown or a special brownie, uh, Pork Chop Sammy. As well as the gifted sub from Chris. And just coming in now, another one from Pork Chop Sammy. Appreciate it a ton. And a special shout out to Kenobi for that 10 minute timeout for bringing up uh, Minnesota Vikings' painful history. I hope you learned your lesson. Uh, big thank you to our patron producers Refine Bean for Ferdino, uh, Pin, Battlecrab, Wolshin, Rex Zane, Audio Compass, Kasha67, Sharp, Picasso, Nathan, Your Misery. Hunter Tain, Fabled Steven, Roger B. Owen, Chris R. 34444, Horbjorn, I listen to the podcast whilst on the toilet and in the shower thinking of Yiska, Peace Camper, Anxiety Pokemon, Sir Girthalot, Bronzebot, Boohow, Evan, and Alex S. Thanks so much. Oh, and uh, Generic Joe, thank you so much for gifting a sub to Bing Bong OW. Appreciate it. Um, 
think I got them all now there. Yes. Thanks so much. If you like the show, want to support, go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. As soon as Yiska is done making plans with other people, we'll do a game night uh, for you and with you all. So um, we'll keep guilting, guilt tripping him on that. And other than that, uh, shout out to the week. Where can people find you? You know what? Yiska, why don't you go second? Volamel, Joe, uh, what's up, dude? <laughs> um, I don't have much to shout out. Um, I'll take this time to do three things. I will, in the holiday season, I think it's important to, you know, be thankful for the things you have. And I'm very thankful for my two, you know, co-hosts. I'm happy uh, we've built uh, like a, a small little niche community. And I think that's really dope. So thank you all for uh you know supporting us over the years and all that good jazz and i hope you all have a wonderful holiday season if you don't you know celebrate christmas i hope you have a wonderful you know next few days or weeks or whatever you know holiday you're uh you're participating in um uh and if you're into wow uh complexity limit is uh nearing the world first kill on sire denathrius mythic so go check that out i've got it open on the screen behind me watching so oh, yeah, that, that's nice. that's my three shout outs there you go why do you I'm think done. i've been so quiet <laughs> wow damn they got views yeah right it's like they yeah. should do a new a raid every few months think of how <laughs> good that would be for viewership mm -hmm. um yeah. uh what about you yesuke what's up so today we released a long-form interview with pre two hours i kind of get that it's already like okay if you're in the gym and you have nothing better to do might as well pop it on um if you don't feel like uh, committing to that without knowing what's in there we have a too long didn't read version killed a little bit of my writer's soul but you know what i what i do to please the audiences um uh, where you can just like get the gist of what was said um but I definitely uh, recommend watching it. Like, Pre was a great guest. Um, and yeah, these types of interviews, long form, is something that we kind of want to do more of. Uh, so expect more in the new year of that. Um, also, I sat down and wrote 10K words on power rankings. So that's hitting your feed uh, sometime in during the Christmas holiday. It's going to be staggered out five pieces. So it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm going to look forward to go like when people say ho, ho, ho to me, they might not be mean Santa Claus, Claus after having read, that, read these power rankings. I'm looking forward to it. I can't. There's sometimes when Yiska makes a joke and I can't tell if there's something lost in translation. Or when Boom Mom is falling apart, guys. We got <laughs> yeah, I was I was kind of wondering what is going on how here? or when John was going to like chastise you for like actually wrestling your microphone while speaking. No, like that's a new low. It it just broke. Like it's just <laughs> the screw just fell out and it's bent. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm getting a new one. There we go. All right. Jesus go Christ. Yep. Yeah. Figure it out. Let me know when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I I music. I'm done. <laughs> uh, thanks everybody for hanging out I uh, hope you had a great one uh, we love you all hope you have a great holiday we will see you next week we are going to be doing a show next week as far as I know so we will be back next week on Wednesday but 
hope you still have a great holiday. I hope you get everything that you want from presents and food and good conversation in a healthy, uh, socially distanced way and whatever else you need to stay happy and sane. May you have it all. 2020 is almost over. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.